0: All right, welcome everybody to another edition of Sales Enablement Live. My name is Felix Kruger and thank you so much for joining. So today we talk about a topic that I'm really excited about, which is uh, strategic sales tech sourcing. And uh, why that is so relevant, we'll talk about in a second. But before we get started, I just wanted to uh, do a quick shout out to everybody who has been joining the previous live streams, Thank you so much. Uh, it's been a great addition to the podcast and we've received some um, awesome feedback, people saying that they found it super useful. So yeah, I um, I hope you uh, find this one useful too. And uh, please let me know if you got any uh, feedback. Um, you can uh, let me know if you got any questions in the chats of the stream. Uh, so we're live on uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And yeah, just just drop any questions you, that you might have along the way in the chat, and I will attempt to answer them um, as as uh, yeah as part of this live stream. So um, yeah, before we um, waste any more time, let's dive right in. Uh, I've got a few slides prepared. Uh, again, we talk about strategic sales tech sourcing, and uh, as part of the agenda today, I want to talk about. Uh, three key things right first of all, we want to talk about the sales tech landscape um so what does the tech sales tech landscape look like today um what uh what is important to understand about the sales tech landscape uh then uh, the strategic approach and how that strategic approach can uh, can contribute to you minimizing the risk of introducing new sales tech to your business and make it as strategically as valuable as possible for you yeah so, let's get started with the sales tech landscape. And you might be asking, why are we talking about uh, MarTech growth and um, the, the growth in the uh, marketing technology landscape? The reason why that is important is because history currently really repeats itself in the sales tech landscape. Yeah? So, you can see here, this is a breakdown of uh, the MarTech landscape between 2011. Uh, and uh, 2020, and between 2011 and 2020, we've seen a growth of uh, just measly 150 uh, platforms back in 2011 to now in 2020, 8,000 platforms. Yeah, that uh, marketers have to navigate and uh, to really um, understand in order to make strategic buying decisions. And exactly that is happening in in sales tech right now as well. You know, I think the the reason why martech um, has has evolved earlier in, it, in the technology space is uh, because marketing um, has traditionally been quicker in uh, picking up technology trends and in adopting uh, technology uh, than sales. Yeah, sales uh, for a really long time, even after the emergence of the internet in the late nineties, um, was still really focused on relationship sales and um, the old way of doing business. Uh, but now, um, increasingly, and especially with uh, COVID-19, uh, more, more and more sales teams are actually forced to step up the game and become more efficient and uh, use technology to do so. Yeah, And when we look at um, what is happening right now in the sales tech landscape, you can see, um, there's there's um, a lot of vendors out there or there's organizations out there that also uh, analyze the, the whole landscape and categorize um, all the logos and attempt to really make sense of the whole space. And uh, what you can see is that, um, essentially, the, um, the, the, there's a few vendors that actually attempt to, um, to do that. And, um, the, the number of, uh, logos on these charts, um, is also increasing rapidly. So now we currently, we have, um, just around 1,700, uh, logos as far as I'm aware. That's the, that's the last number we've, um, we've heard about. But, uh, this number is increasing fast and, um one characteristic that's also uh, similar to what's been happening in the martech space uh, which is you know not only related to the to the growth of those logos um but also to the nature of that growth is the the kinds of platforms that are out there yeah and initially what you see there's always a few major players that attempt to um to solve a lot of problems uh, in one platform And then uh, there's always an increasing number of uh, niche players that essentially adopt uh, certain uh, features of those bigger platforms and um, attempt to uh, be more niche in their approach. So what you'll see over time is um, uh, the the majority of the growth is really driven by those niche players that, that attempt to uh, to solve for very specific um, uh, problems in a very specific niche, and um, with very specific uh, uh, features that don't necessarily um, have the holistic view um, of of that um, entire problem that they're attempting to solve. Yeah, so uh, I think the the niche characteristics that you will see in those uh, categories um, they, they'll be the same as in the martech uh, martech space now um generally speaking, it is important to um, looking at those kind of um, uh, landscapes it's really important to um, really understand the classification and um, how these logos are organized because that will broadly help you to navigate uh, the um, will help you to navigate um uh, which areas you can of uh, look at and um, which vendors might be relevant for you to solving your problem yeah and we'll talk about um, how to be structured around that as well, but I just wanted to call that out um, that those landscapes are, are um, organized and classified in those ways in order to um, yeah just provide a broad structure that allows uh, buyers to easily easier identify the kind of logos that they should be looking at in sol- when sourcing tech. Now, uh, when it comes to um, some of the categories and the sort of growth um, that, that, that is expected, um, those are just some numbers that just really emphasize um, what sort of um, opportunity there is in market for vendors. Uh, so the biggest opportunities seem to be in the uh, sales engagement space, uh, you know, with an estimated market size of uh, 5.6 billion by 2023. So it's just around the corner. And uh, then in other areas involve uh, self intelligence and also uh, self enablement. Yeah, and um, those are numbers in the billions, and um, that's why you see, you know, uh, platforms uh, raising more and more money, and um, investors really pushing into that that space. What that means for buyers, though, is that um, there's much more uh, pressures from the vendors' side to actually generate. Uh, revenue if they get more investment as well, uh, which also might uh, mean that um, there's so much revenue pressure that uh, not all pitches are necessarily made in the interest um, of the buyer. So that's that's what we're here for today, um, to really make sure that you are enabled to make the right buy- buying decision for yourself. Now, in terms of the um, actual investment um, or the, the categories that um, buyers are investing in, um, this is a research conducted by uh, Ring DNA and RevOps Squared, and uh, it's called a 2021 Revenue Operations and Customer Acquisition Benchmark Report. And the report looks at uh, which of the uh, kind of technology categories um, uh, buyers are looking to invest in in the next year. And uh, you can see here that there's a lot of categories that have really high numbers So in the, in the 30% um, kind of space. You, you're looking at CRMs, uh, sales engagement platforms, sales intelligence, and ABM, ABS uh, platforms kind of being the key focus. And then um, the other ones then uh, kind of, uh, yeah, like don't have such big numbers, uh, but they're still significant. So you can see... Uh, generally speaking, what that tells us is that um, there's a whole lot of um, investment being made in the sales tech space, and it's essentially an arms race um, for a lot of organizations to um, essentially build their tech, uh, their sales tech stack and um, increase their capabilities on that front. Uh, what that means in terms of averaging investment uh, per month per SDR or AE for revenue technologies is that... Uh, There's again that number is increasing steadily. So you can see here that um, uh, those numbers that I've called out, it's over 50% of organizations spend uh, 200 uh, US dollars or more per month uh, per sales rep. And those are really quite uh, significant numbers when you think about it. And um, especially, you know, uh, 19% um, of organizations uh, spend 400 or um, uh, between 400 and $500. Um, on technology uh, for their team, and um, then there's uh, an additional, you know, almost twenty percent that uh, that spend even more than that. Um, those are quite significant numbers, and it also tells us that, uh, yeah, that there's significant investment being made on that front. I have spoken to some vendors in the past uh, that actually take those numbers on a country basis as an indication for the market potential. So. Uh, what they see is that um, the lower that number is per sales rep, the greater the potential for them is to gain traction in that market. Yeah, I think um, I think it makes sense for the from the vendor's perspective. From but from a buyer's perspective, I think it is uh, worth asking: Does it really make sense to um, to continue that arms race and um, just just blindly invest? and uh, continue to throw money at the at the lack of sales efficiency or is it worth to be more strategic about the approach and um actually uh you know f- aim to keep that number steady but uh, make smarter decisions instead yeah and um, again we'll talk about uh, how to be strategic in our approach um, from here onwards but um the uh, the bottom line is the same, you know. I think um, you know it's it, there's there's no point in uh, just continue to throw money at uh, the lack of sales effectiveness. But from a sales enablement point of view, um, it really should be the aim to be more efficient in our approach, and uh, that also covers the sales technology side of things. No. We really want to touch on the reasons for introducing sales tech, yeah, and uh, the basis uh, for um, those reasons uh, should always be the buyer journey and the sales process. Yeah, when Kruger Marketing develops uh, sales enablement strategies for clients, uh, we always take the buyer journey as a basis. Yeah, so uh, we map the buyer journey, which is uh, an approach that we would generally recommend for any sales enablement departments. We Outline uh, the buyer journey, the different stages that they go through, the information needs that they have along the way, the kind of stakeholders that need to be involved along the way, and then um, uh, design the sales process accordingly. Yeah? So the sales process uh, needs to be mapped against the buyer journey. Yeah, And once you have that understanding, it becomes suddenly much, much easier to, um, to identify the objectives of sales tech for your organization and uh, really articulate for yourself why it makes sense to invest in certain technologies yeah. And uh, some of those reasons could be to increase outreach efficiency, to prioritize high quality leads. you know if they are marketing generated, for example, you'll be able to um, utilize data to qualify those leads and uh, identify where you should focus on. Increase uh, prospect engagement. Uh, that's another common one, uh, you know, f- especially from a content curation point of view and deal rooms. That's that's another topic that's really hot right now and uh, that I also think a lot about. Uh, then there's the uh, to incentivize consultative um, solution design, uh, reduce friction during the closes, closing stages. And enable, renew, upsell, and cross-sell. You know, so those are all typically objectives or um, problems that um that sales enablement would look at and uh, try to solve for um when they saw sales tech um to address the buyer journey and the sales process. Yeah. But there's always a real reason why um it makes sense to introduce sales tech and when i talk about the real reason um i i talk about this, the business objective yeah and i think this is uh this is a mindset shift that um a lot of sales departments and sales enablers need to make if they really want to have a, a seat on the table with senior executives and there's a lot of uh, talk about you know that sales enablement uh, should have a seat with um with senior executive leadership and the c suite And I really strongly believe that, um, this is, uh, you know, this, this is not a given, but this uh, seat on the table with senior executives, uh, should, should really be earned. Yeah. And, uh, the, the way you do that is by really aligning with their objectives and really attempting to um address those business needs um with your uh with your um sales technology yeah and there's always three key business needs that you can adjust uh, address with sales technology there's one increase business competitiveness yeah so um being able to be more competitive in the marketplace by uh, and capitalize on revenue opportunities the second one is to reduce operational costs, yeah, to um, by increasing efficiency or by cutting out um, uh, manual tasks that can be automated or made more efficient, and achieve compliance. Yeah, so especially that's that's a topic, especially in the data space at the moment. You know, when you think about GDPR, for example, um, that's that's uh, that's another reason to. Uh, to in- invest in tech in general and sales tech uh, in particular. Yeah, so whenever you talk to senior executive leadership of a business, you know, and um, that's obviously always desirable, especially if you uh, if you want to have a seat on the table uh, with, with senior executive leadership to gain more budget and um, therefore be able to think more strategically. Um, those are the three key areas that you should always be looking at when you argue your case. Now we finally get to the juicy part of this uh, talk, and uh, this is really about uh, uh, the tech sourcing strategy. Yeah, and uh, this really um, is a way um, of of sourcing tech that allows you to uh, do all the thinking up front, rather than being on the back back foot and. Uh, just just take whatever the vendor is presenting to you, and then ask the question: Does it make strategic sense? Yeah. So, what I propose, in order to be more strategic about uh, sourcing tech, is to be on the front foot instead, and do all the work up front uh, to really clarify for yourself, uh, for the business, and for all your stakeholders, um, what the st- strategic objective is um, for um, sourcing your tech. Yeah. And there's uh, a few steps involved in that. Yeah. So number one you should be clarifying your business objective, yeah? And clarifying your business objective uh, should mean exactly what I spoke about earlier. Um, So those are things um, uh, like um, capitalizing on on opportunity um, to gain a competitive advantage, reduce operational costs, um, or increase compliance. Yeah, so those, those are kind of the business objectives that you should clarify. And it makes sense to really early on uh, yeah, clarify these um, in your uh, tech sourcing journey in order to make the right strategic decision for your business. Yeah, The second part is the sales objectives, you know, as we touched on earlier. Um, so those are kind of the, the objectives that you're trying to solve for uh, or the problems that you're trying to solve for your sales team in sourcing tech, uh, which obviously feed into the business objectives. Then um, you should uh, look at the alterna- alternate strategy is considered, yeah, and uh, the alternate strategies is considered. Uh, don't, don't necessarily need to involve technology, yeah, and um, this is a bit counterintuitive because um, you know we we're talking about uh, tech sourcing, um, and uh, you know being uh, introducing sales tech. But uh, one of the questions that uh, senior management will always ask from you, and um, this question or the way you answer that question will always um, have a really strong impact on the way uh, you're being perceived by senior management and the senior executive leadership within your business, is: Does it actually make sense to um, to invest in tech, or can the can the problem that you're uh, trying to solve be solved in another way? Yeah, and alternate um, strategies considered uh, might be. Doing things manually, um, you know, involving a um, a, um, a a professional service that might be able to solve the same thing, or doing nothing, for example, you know, like um, those those can all be strategies that are alternate to sourcing tech, yeah, and um, really cl- clarifying them for yourself and thinking uh, through those different options um, again really increases your credibility with senior leadership. And make sure that um, you're you're really strategic about the way you uh, tackle tackle this exercise. Then next up, you should really uh, think about the solution scope, yeah, and um, you know, gathering requirements and really uh, making sure that uh, you're clarify for yourself and you're thinking um, what the what the scope of the whole solution should be for your business is really important uh, to to really. Um, uh, avoid what's what's uh, being considered scope creep, yeah. And um, if you start a conversation, a sales conversation with a vendor, and um, they present a solution to you, and uh, I'm suddenly um, from all sides, you know, like everybody uh, gets keen on certain features that don't necessarily make strategic sense, but um, just have that uh, shiny toy or shiny object um, uh, effect on people. Then suddenly you have that uh, scope creep and um, you uh, suddenly have to deal with way more than you initially set out to. Yeah. And um, that's why it makes sense to really uh, define the scope when you go into the sourcing exercise and uh, to be really strategic about it. Next up is the budget. So, of course, uh, you know, you will, you will always have a budget in mind um, that you want to spend um, for your team. So that might uh, be defined on a departmental level, uh, you know, depending on um, where the budget is coming from. You know, if, if your sales and team has your own budget, then of course, uh, you know, that's a guide. Um, also considering what sort of other investments you might need to make um, throughout the year. Uh, generally speaking, um, I've I've spoken to a lot of clients and uh, people in the sales and space that um, really look at budget from a um, investment per sales head point of view. But again, this, this will be specific to your respective organization. And, um, yeah, this, this will differ significantly. But, um, again, it makes always sense to, um, to really define a budget that, that you want to spend before you go into the sourcing exercise. The next up is, uh, terms and conditions. And, uh, from a terms of conditional point of view, um, those are really the, um, uh, the conditions uh, that might be defined um, by your procurement organization, or uh, might be relevant uh, to you as well, um, which is essentially uh, just just the terms of the deal. You know that might might include um, a- any warranties, any exit clauses. Um, This is generally terms and conditions from a buyer perspective are generally designed to reduce risk of the purchase. Yeah, And um, any risk that you um, can think of uh, that you might encounter along the way um, is worth capturing in the terms and conditions that you're aiming for. And um, again, uh, rather than leaving that up to um, the vendor to define, it really makes sense to, um, to really think about that early on. Uh, the worst case scenario is that you go through the entire exercise of sourcing tech and then towards the very end, you get the lawyers involved and then the, the, the actual conversation stretches out and you can't make a decision because they negotiate over the terms and conditions. So the earlier you can clarify that for yourself, what the requirements for yourself are, um, if you're a sales enablement tech uh, person that sources tech or um, if you need to work with the procurement organization, depending on the size of your organization, it really makes sense to think about terms and conditions early. Then another aspect is also desirable qualifiers. Yeah? And uh, when I speak about uh, desirable qualifiers, what that really means is... Um, the, the kind of, uh, qualifiers beyond the solution that your vendor might be able to offer. And those are things like the ability to deliver, um, other professional services. You know, for example, the ability of the vendor to integrate with existing systems. It might be, um, the, the way the, uh, customer service or the, the cl- uh, client success organization is structured and, um, they, the way they deliver the service, um, uh, what sort of um, what sort of potential for growth there is, for example, you know, if there's, if you expect your organization to grow quite fast, uh, how quickly can the vendor grow with you? You know, what sort of investments uh, you expect them to make. And uh, then also, most importantly often, what sort of cultural alignment is there, you know, and um, I think this piece, especially if you think about um, the size of the uh, sales tech landscape um, becomes more and more important, you know, if the vendor can can uh, display an alignment uh, from a cultural perspective. Uh, this is often a shorthand for the ability to solve problems for your organization because they understand the way you think, they understand the way you operate, and um, having that cultural alignment can can really be powerful um, beyond just the, the solution scope um, and the other things that we just talked about. Now, in terms of the um, the kind of uh, departments that you want to involve in actually developing. That um, strategic uh, uh, that strategy for your sales tech sourcing, um, there's kind of four key uh, stakeholders that you want to involve. Uh, first of all, the end users. Um, so, uh, from a sales tech perspective, you know uh, it's most likely to involve the sales reps. So uh, it makes sense to um, to engage uh, them either by uh, running surveys to establish um, uh, certain requirements. Or by creating a panel of uh, sales reps that are involved in the sourcing process. Yeah. Uh, procurement, uh, we spoke about that, uh, so that's really important to involve early. And um, that, from from that point of view, again, it's it's just important to involve them early on, depending on the size of your organization, to really reduce friction throughout the whole sourcing process, because uh, you want to you would just want to involve any. Um, uh, or clarify any requirements that they might have as early um, as possible throughout the process. The PL owner, of course, from a business perspective, um, it's really important to involve um, just simply because uh, you want to make sure that you meet that person's needs. Uh, that's crucial to um, get approval f- um, for the budget. And from a p owner perspective, um, we spoke about it earlier, um, that person cares most about the business needs um, and the business objectives. Um, so that's really crucial to create alignment there. And then the fourth party can actually be multiple parties uh, because it's the effective department heads. Yeah, And uh, that might be any department that's adjacent um, to sales and sales enablement. So it might be, for example, your marketing department, uh, product marketing or um cloud customer success uh, if they're affected um by the new technology in any shape or form it's also important to involve them in developing uh, that strategy and sourcing that um that technology yeah and um i should also uh do a quick shout out to um world leader sales um so um the the kind of the last couple of things that we spoke about in terms of defining the strategy and um, the stakeholder management, this is an inverse and a, a modified version of the smart sales um, methodology that they have developed and um, their methodology is designed for sales uh, teams. And we've essentially created the inverse for our uh, business and um, utilize um, that methodology to also source tech um, for our clients. So what what I just spoke about is uh, a modified version of that. So uh, Joe Marone uh, at World Leader Cell, if you're listening, um, yeah, shout out to you. Um, what you guys are doing is awesome. And thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Now. Um, you've defined your strategy. You've aligned all your stakeholders. Now it's time to actually go out and um, reach out to um, the different, um, you know, the different vendors that you uh, uh, think might be relevant um, uh, to your strategic focus of, of the sales tech solution that you want to introduce. Uh, you know, like those kind of uh, land sales tech landscapes that are out there can really be helpful. You know, just be uh, big be sure about um, the kind of category that you're looking at, or um, if there's no specific category that you can define, um, just just think about um, what sort of uh, adjacent categories might be relevant to you uh, when you check out vendors more closely. Yeah, and uh, just just when you look at uh, sales tech landscapes, it's also really important to be aware um, that uh, some of those vendors that are actually curating those uh, landscapes. They actually uh, pay to play in some cases, and uh, some of the highlighted um, some of the highlighted uh, tech logos that are out there might not necessarily be uh, highlighted because they're the best solution, uh, but because they have sponsored their placement. So that that's really something to be aware of. Now, uh, once you then talk to vendors, um, you know you've got your strategy so you should be really clear about what your needs are you can um you know you can share as much of that strategy uh with the vendors that you speak to as you want but uh you know generally speaking again to have a as objective view as possible to to actually assess vendors and compare vendors what we always recommend is uh, creating a comparison scorecard um with the kind of um, aspects of the the service or the solution that that you're um, that you're really looking for and that are important to you, uh, when we work with clients and sourcing technology for them, we typically use a weighted uh, scorecard um, that um, allows us to compare uh, solutions side by side and uh, weights. Uh, certain features or aspect of aspects of the vendors um, depending on the importance and um we we score that from uh, three to zero uh three being a game changer feature which is absolutely amazing uh three uh, sorry two would be uh, required for baseline benefits. uh one is a nice to have but not crucial and then zero is irrelevant and um if you do that um suddenly you take that objective uh, perspec- uh, um, perception of certain features and those that um, eliminate those uh, shiny uh, toy syndromes that, that you often have in buyer teams and really create an objective view on the benefit um, that the vendor is able to provide to your business. And um, we would, in each case, uh, recommend uh, utilizing that sort of scorecard. Now, that's uh, that's it for... Um for my content, uh, if you guys have any questions, please make sure to um, to drop them in the chat. Uh, Jonas has been dialing in from uh, Minneapolis. Uh, thank you so much, Jonah. Um, again, if you got any questions also in the follow-up, uh, please make sure to um, to connect with me on LinkedIn. That's Felix Kruger. Um, or you can email me at uh, Felix at KrugerMarketing.com. Uh, Always happy to um, answer questions um, afterwards as well. And uh, yeah, just a quick shout out. Um, if you want to uh, join those kind of sessions, please make sure to, um, to register for them on uh, the state of sales Um We have a link there always to the latest uh, sales Enablement live session. Um, also, if you want to hear about expert interviews that we conduct in the sales Enablement space, so we interview uh, business leaders and Self Enablement leaders. Uh, please make sure to subscribe to the State of Sales and Aidment podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And um, also, uh, we are looking at relaunching the business actually in the new year. So we're currently um, still looking for... Our pipeline is full until um, early ge- or late January, actually. And um, But we're still looking for partners and um, also potential clients for February and onwards. So if you... Um, consider sales enablement as a service and actually engaging a vendor like Kruger Marketing in sourcing technology for you or driving other sales enablement initiatives, uh, please make sure to reach out. And we're also looking for partners um, in the areas of uh, sales content development, uh, sales technology, and also training and coaching. So if you want to partner with us on that front, uh, please make sure to reach out. Uh, we service as clients um, pretty much anywhere. And there's an overlap with um, Australian business hours. So that's anywhere between uh, Dubai and uh, Phoenix. So please make sure to reach out. Again, thank you so much uh, for listening today. Um, it's been a blast as always. Um, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. And that was it for today's episode. If you would like to learn more about sales enablement, please make sure to subscribe to the State of Sales Enablement podcast, where we republish these kinds of live sessions, as well as interviews with the leading sales enablement experts from around the world. Thank you so much for joining today, and I'll speak to you soon.